DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined by David Locke. His weekly appearance brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Oh, it's my friend David James. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. How's my friend Patrick Kinahan? He's trying to get through today till 10 o'clock and see what happens after that. Uh, did you get did you get rained on yesterday, or did you decide to pass on your golf addiction for a day? Uh, it didn't rain as hard as we thought. So, no, I did not pass. <laughs> I'm good. Like day ends in line. I know where Patrick is. And at what time? I know. I don't need that. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> 10 o'clock, Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Okay. The phone now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, it makes it a hundred times worse, by the way. I want to point that out. The Clippers, moving right along. The Clippers, down 0-2, win game three. This script has now been followed precisely in three consecutive series. Do you believe the Clippers are ultimately going to win this series? You know, I think Phoenix is pretty solid, and it's hard to believe that Phoenix would lose four out of five, and I thought the exact same thing about the Jazz. So, um, And I probably thought, thought the exact same thing out of Luka. Um, I, I do think, and I've thought this the whole year, you know I've said this multiple times in the show, the Clippers are the best team, were the best team in the West. I thought so all year. The data um, really showed it. That if you, you know, got into the minutes played with players that um, – that we're going to play in the playoffs. They were the best team in the league. So it's, you know, do I think they're better than Phoenix? Four out of maybe. I mean, there were some numbers in the game yesterday that were Phoenix only took 12 shots at the rim for the entire game. Like, that's not great. Um, Phoenix's uh, shot quality is crazy low, like almost so low. I'm not sure they can survive in this series. Um, their offensive rating matched that last night. I think they were under a point of possession. Um, and it, you know, the, they didn't make shots. They they were below their shot quality, but the shot quality they got last night was particularly low for um, a playoff game. I, I I do think they're going to have a hard time scoring, and so we saw the Clippers kind of do the exact same thing that they did to the Jazz, if I'm correct on that, was kind of spread the floor and just drive it. Um, and so we'll see how they deal with that. Did the Clippers show us anything in terms of Jazz weakness that they really need to address, or what did they show? So, I think the Clippers exposed both of our weaknesses. And then I think the next question is whether or not you can actually be a team without weaknesses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. And as I've digested what happened to the Jazz in that series more and more, and kind of looked at the league and a bigger picture, I'm actually siding a little bit on that this is just a game of trying to get through the playoffs without facing the team that can actually get you. So, like, had we played Denver, even with Murray, I do think if Denver had had Murray, they might have won it. But they would have exposed or caused us problems in a different way with the fact that Jokic pops and Rudy has to go with him. It does this, It's the same phenomenon. Um, you know, the Clippers did it. Our weaknesses, and we've known it all year, if Rudy's not on the floor defensively, we're a terrible defensive team. Okay, that's fine, because we're a brilliant offensive team. That's That was the switch that was made in a bunch of moves over the last two years. And Rudy proved, we they proved that if you have Rudy and a great and a bunch of not particularly good off- defensive players, 
and you play a system that you can be the number one defense in the NBA. And the problem is the minute someone eliminates either Rudy or the system, and the Clippers were able to do it, right? They spread the floor, they went five wide, and they just drove it. And so there it is. There's the weakness. Um, but Phoenix wouldn't have been able to do that unless they were willing to take DeAndre Ayton off the floor. And, you know, frankly, Denver can't really do the same thing. Um, they could do it differently, but they can't really do it. You'd actually have you'd have Rudy guard Aaron Gordon and have somebody guard Jokic, and then you're playing tight on everything and switching on all. Oh, that if Jokic gets in the paint, then you bump Rudy over. Like, it's not the same thing. So the Clippers were the team that could do that to the Jazz. Um, and so, yeah, that's the weakness that was exposed. And now how dramatically do you go deal with that? I'm, I'm actually getting less, less dramatic every day on how, you know, be nice to have more guys who can guard the ball, but I don't want less guys that can shoot. So to the point that uh, you, they're not good defensively, but offensively they're brilliant. If Donovan been, had been healthy, I mean, he was brilliant at, on, on one leg at 39 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. If he had been healthy, PK and I have gone round and around about this. If he had been healthy, would he have gone for 50 and covered up all the defensive issues because there would have been buckets that stopped the run? It would have been a little better for the defense. The Clippers wouldn't have been running off a long missed three. They would have been taking the ball out of the net, all that stuff. Would that have mattered if Donovan had been a little better because he'd been a little healthier? Recognizing he was already awesome, so you're you know, cranking awesome all the way up to 11 because 10 isn't loud enough. Cameron Payne had 29 the other night, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Donovan could have had 50. <laughs> Um, No, I think it's a great point. Had we been a little healthier offensively so that what they were doing to us defensively didn't cause us the same amount of problems, um, then, you know, then maybe, you know, you're taking the ball out of the basket more and and impacting. Their half-court offense was pretty good against us, though. I hate to – like, I think that was the – the the bummer to me of the series was we were the number one half court defense in the NBA for the year, and um, and you know they they got us in half court. I mean they really got us. Like of of our games all year, game three was our worst defensive night of the year. Game four was our third worst defensive night of the year. Game five was going into game game five was our seventh worst defensive night of the year. And quite honestly, I haven't checked, but I'm going to guess that. You know, I actually should redo that. I haven't. I just realized I hadn't done the last game of the year, so I'm pretty certain Game Six was our worst defensive game of the year. Game Three was our second worst. I mean, they really, they really blew us up defensively. They, we did not have any se- sequence of an answer to them at all. Um, and so, is there something you can do with roster versatility? But <clears throat> all those things with like roster versatility and things of that nature, you know, you better make sure you don't end up in the middle of the road. That's that's the only thing I'll say. Like, if you look at, you know, the teams that got knocked out a little earlier than everybody expected this year um, and, and those kind of things, you know, they pretty universally are teams that either were really bad in one category. Brooklyn was not very good, you know, defensively, and Philadelphia had some issues, and the Lakers were terrible offensively. I know they were injured, but they still had major flaws. So if you go look. All those teams were had, you know, were not good at something. Really, not good at something. We we're, we better be careful that we suddenly don't take away, you know, address a issue. You're, you're you are playing a little bit of whack a mole here. You're just not going to be able to address all issues. 
With new ownership, how aggressive do you think they'll be in addressing whatever issues they decide to address? I mean, I thought they were pretty aggressive with old ownership. I don't think there's ever been a, a lack of aggressiveness out of... Oh, I'm not saying that, but I, it's yeah. new. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I, my concern would not be... So I don't have a concern. Let me rephrase that. But, like, if we're asking it in, like, do you have a concern? So my answer is no. Um, Ryan's pretty bright, and I think we'll, you know, we'll do... We'll allow the basketball people to do what the basketball people do, and we'll we'll be heavily involved, but we'll... Um, but I like young owners are often overly aggressive, not underly aggressive and then have a long-term ramification, but I'm not sure we can be overly aggressive right now. Frankly, you know, what do we have a two, two year window here before Donovan now has all the keys to the kingdom to decide what he wants to do. Well, in a way, he already kind of has him <laughs> because well, we know key, once you know that someone's the kingdom right now, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the the exit sign. Right, right. Yeah, in two freedom. years, he adds the key to get out. Yeah, yeah. But we all know he's going to have that. I don't think anyone really doubts how good he's going to be in two years. Right. So everything, all decisions are being made, knowing that that moment is coming. Because it's very so, clear it's coming. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think there's much of a chance we'll be under underly aggressive. I mean, it's this is you know maybe esoteric and boring, um, but I mean, so first thing you do is you question everything, right? That's what you're supposed to do as an organization. So why did this happen? What's our strengths? You do all the questions. You can come to a conclusion that we need to do X. But if you can't do it because either it's not available, uh, salary cap, trade partners, whatever other reason, it doesn't matter that you came up with the answer that this is what we have to do. It has to be something that you actually can execute as a front office in the landscape of a league that actually is not built to just help you. Right? As a company, this is where sports are so different. If, If Ryan or is built with Qualtrics and Ballmer, Microsoft and Joe side, any of his companies are building their company. And they're like, wow, we really have a marketing product. We did a survey in our marketing product, ironically enough with Qualtrics, uh, you're doing a survey and we have these, you can now institute a program inside your company to address that issue. You can hire personnel. You can do like, there's nothing restricting you as a company from building this correctly in the NBA. There's 28 teams restricting you from doing what you want to do to fix your team. They have no interest in you executing that plan. So the thing the Jazz do control is what do they do with their free agents with uh, Conley and Niang? Where where do you think that is going, and where do you think those should go? And those may not be the same thing. Obviously, they might be. I mean, I think the likelihood is, every, you know, Mike's a wonderful teammate. Everyone loves having him around. He's a great player. He was maybe the best player in the Memphis series. He um, was incredibly important to the franchise. We saw how important it was to not have him. So I think in all of those sense, you know, in all of those ways, I would expect if Mike wants to come back, the jazz will try to see if they can bring Mike back. That gets hard on the luxury tax. But again, I, I don't have a feeling that that's an, you know, it's got to be a big issue because it's a huge luxury tax, and let's not be crazy. But I don't have a feeling that that's prohibitive, like ending the conversation before it starts. I do think it's worth like understanding 
from a fan base standpoint that if you do think if you're one of those that thinks the roster has to get shook up because they lost to the Clippers, so the we don't can't trade our draft pick till after we take it. We don't have free agent space. We don't have the mid-level exception because we're a tax team. So the mid-level we have is actually lower, which makes it really hard to sign any type of quality free agent. So your moves are your trade to, to alter your franchises. You're trading in alphabetical order in no particular interest of this, but you're, you are trading either Boyan, um, Jordan, um, uh, Favors, Ingles or O'Neal in alphabetical order. If you run around the NBA and find out that for any of those five, you are not getting what you would want or what would change the roster, your final piece to do that is a sign and trade with Mike Conley. And that one you don't control very well because he chooses the team and you then have to see if there's anyone on the roster. And the only way you have any leverage is if that team has no space. And so he wants to go play for the Lakers and about their point guard situation, and um, they have they lose some leverage. The only way they can get them is on a sign and trade with you, and you decide you want Kyle Kuzma. I have no idea. I just made that up. But like, that's the final piece of how we can change our roster. If you've run around the league and not got any traction or anything that you like on your first five possibilities, then the only other way you do it is in a sign and trade with Mike Conley. So I just while I think all signs point to Mike returning, that does need to be understood that if you also are one who thinks the roster needs to change, that's one of the ways in which you can do it. And if you've done your homework, which this group always does, then that's you might end up with that decision. Do they have anything that they can develop beyond what they've already developed out of the slew of those guys on the bench? Um, you know, Jarrell shot 40% from three. Mia's second half was not great, um, but he's shown some signs. Um, Jawan Morgan seems to have a knack to be in the right place at the right time and have some, you know, um, Azubuke has unbelievable, natural, physical, powerful skills, um, you know, he would be he would be in a worse shape than Rudy was if a team plays five out. Um, I do think we have to have a five out answer. My my expectation is that this league is two or three years away from everyone having five players you can shoot, unless you know. I think you'll have outliers like a Rudy Gobert, who, if you're completely awesome at everything else you do, you can get away without shooting. But you know, Zubak down to 14 minutes in every playoff game. Or I think he played 34 last night and was really impactful because they have Aiton. Um, but in a lot of cases, you're seeing circumstances where, you know, a five that's not overwhelmingly great at everything else they do is going to have a hard time making the floor. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, those are, those are the choices, right? They've done a great job of finding someone out of Europe. Um and, you know, this was a funky COVID year in that regard, so can they find the next European player um, or American player that's been in Europe for two years and find them there? Um, and then I'm a, you know, one thing we have not gone into in the past, um, if you want athletes, this is something you can do. It doesn't it's not always work, but there's kind of a phrase in the league called the second draft. And so most players don't get drafted to a place where they have a very good fit, and it doesn't work out for most players. And so can you go find the guy who was the 15th pick of the draft two years ago whose team can't figure out how to use him, and you can find a way to use him? 
Cam Reddish, um, you know, types, they, they often are elite level athletes who can't shoot. And um, that's usually the book on them. And then the question is whether we can develop one of them into a shooter. David Locke joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, is it, uh, do you think it's possible for the Jazz going forward to hit on the buyout market? Because it looks like the buyout market has really worked for the Clippers, right? Landon, Red, Landon Reggie Jack, Jackson and Nicholas Batum, those are, those are huge wins for them. And I don't know if they'd won the series without those guys. I kind of think they wouldn't have. Do you think the Jazz get more active in that? And, I mean, I know they brought in Ilya Sova. It's kind of that kind of deal. But the, you talk about the second draft, but what about the veteran guy who's 31-32 and has a skill or two? Or was cast as a star somewhere, couldn't carry the team, but is really good as the third or fourth option? So it sounds as though we made a run at Nicholas Batum, right? That, yeah. That Rudy got on the line and tried to talk Nicholas Batum into going, and he'd rather go to L.A. Um can't blame him. That turned out to be a pretty good situation. He's probably their most valuable regular season player. Reggie Jackson's been an incredible find for them. You know, what that one is is exactly what you're talking about there, David. That's the player who had Oklahoma City, was disgruntled, and I mean, gosh, do you remember his exit out of Oklahoma City? You've very rarely seen, like, other players on the roster be like, let the door hit you on the, you know, on the backside, right? Like, they, they were torching him on the way out. Players were. It was crazy. But he was so insistent that he wanted to be the man. Then he went to Detroit, Became the man, and it wasn't that great. Like, he averaged 19.6 points a game, but they didn't win a lot. Um, and so his ability then to roll into this kind of complimentary, hey, I'm a elite-level spot-up shooter player, if the Clippers knew he could do that, that's a great job on their part. Um, that's not the most common script that they could do it. Like, Nicholas Batum went just back to being the Portland Batum they'd already shown he could be. Um, and certainly was important. The, the other one that's interesting here a little bit, David, that the Jazz have not done, um, and I, I've always thought that, you know, I, I've understood why 100%. This makes, it makes a great deal of sense. What the Jazz have not done, and it's, it's a really easy way to destroy your locker room, is have veterans on the end of your bench who think they should play. Uh, the Jazz have done that. You just have to go back a long time. Right, but th- this iteration of the Jazz No, this iteration, so, no. I'm going way back. Right. I mean, what Houston, what Phoenix has done, and and, and I will um, let me say something before I get into this too deeply. I really believed in this COVID year that ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen on your roster was going to be this crazily important thing. I couldn't have been more wrong. Like one through eight still dictates everything. The Jazz pay more money for six, seven, and eight on their roster than I think any other team in the NBA. And I think that's the right way to do this. So let's make sure we're clear on that because one through eight is what dictates whether you win or lose. Both the Clippers and the Suns have done something interesting, which we, you know, look at and decide whether you, they've taken players like Langston Galloway, Reggie Jackson, Etwan Moore, Frank Kaminsky, um, I don't even know who else is on the edge of the Clippers bench, Luke Kennard at times when he didn't play, and taken, who's actually young, he's 24, and taken players who've played in the league that are veterans and put them on the end of their bench. Now, that's a hard thing to do because if, in, if they're not playing Rajon Rondo, um, they can be really disruptive. And supposedly Rondo was very disruptive in our series uh, after game two. 
they can be really disruptive, and you have to be really careful on that. Credit to Monty Williams and Tyron Lue and the Clippers for somehow getting players and the Suns who, who didn't get disruptive. But that's also the other way you do that is if you're, is you take those veterans who didn't work out, like you're saying, you have them on the end of the bench, and if they get an opportunity, maybe they can show something you didn't know before. Reggie Jackson, DNP, plenty of games, I think, after he came from Detroit to L.A. Um, in that process. Rondo's not in the rotation every game, right? And so... Um, you know, and, and you know, I think the Clippers extinguished their personality problems over the last year that have helped them out a great deal. So it, it has to do with personality, but it's a very, very risky thing to do, and it's not something we've done, right? Like our eight veterans were our eight-man rotation this year, and then, and then after that we had, we had youth, and so you didn't have anyone disrupting the locker room, and that's usually the way to do it. He's David Locke. He joins us every week. Breaking down the NBA, the draft, free agency. Hey, do you have a date on the start of free agency? Is it August one? We were debating that so. the other day. Yeah. I think so. I think. I mean, I think the. I, I would suspect as much only because it's the fiscal. It also, is the fiscal year. Yeah. Right, and so if you didn't, you wouldn't want to start the fiscal year on anything other than the first. Okay. All right, David. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again in a week. See you. DJ and PK coming up. The Clippers getting off the mat. We got a lot of reactions from you. We will get to that coming up. Stay with us. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. But the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you apart by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts for a free quote. And for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. He's talking with David Locke there about the Jazz going forward, watching the Clippers and Suns go forward, seeing some of the themes over and over again. You get any ideas watching these games about what the Jazz ought to do in the offseason? There's one theory that says just, just run it back and see if you're healthier. Of course, a lot of other people could be healthier next year, so there's plenty of people who are groaning at the mere mention of that by me. Come on, DJ! You know other people are going to be healthier. And if so, if you don't run it back and be healthier, then how do you tweak it going forward knowing you're capped out? And not complain about that too much, because so are a lot of other teams. Look at the Nuggets, look at the Suns, look at the Lakers, look at the Clippers, <laughs> look at the Warriors. Yeah, you have a good team. And so I get, well, you can't really... You can't necessarily use injuries as an excuse as to why you lost to that particular team when Kawhi Leonard isn't playing. But what you can look at is that you weren't as good as you were supposed to be, that you expected to be, that you can be. Not that you could be. I think there's a difference between the word can and could. To me, can is a high probability of it happening could, well, if things come together and this and that. No, I don't see that with this ball club. To me, they can be a legitimate title contender again next year. I expect them to be a legitimate title contender. Now, I realize others can be healthy, too, which can make a difference. Obviously, Anthony Davis, 
blah, 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 but you're looking at the Lakers, and so you, you can't really necessarily worry about what they're doing. And you're not in the position where, uh, like when the statues, you were just aiming towards the Bulls. You knew the Bulls were over there because the Lakers weren't mature enough at that time, so the timing was right where you were the dominant team and you could think about the Bulls. That's not where it is right now because the West has got a number of uh, talented teams here, and so you're not really sure. But everybody has their own issues because if the Lakers aren't healthy again next year, well, Anthony Davis has really never been any period of sustained health in his NBA career, and LeBron's going to be 37 years old, right? So, but don't get caught up in that. Is what I'm Mm -hmm. the whole point I'm making. Focus exclusively on yourselves. I mean, you're aware of what's going on because you have to be aware like they were. The Clippers cut Joe Ingles years ago. Boom, we know a little bit. Quinn Snyder has been to pounce on that. We know how that story's developed. So you're certainly aware of what's going on. I'm not saying just totally put blinders on, but focus on yourselves and what you can do to potentially achieve to be as good as you can be. And if they believe that's simply re-signing Conley and finding ways to have some internal improvement. Everybody can improve. You asked Joe Ingles, I think, in the exit interview as far as him uh, improving. And he said, yo, I'm going to go and improve and get better like I've done every season. And I love the way he said it emphatically, leaving no doubt, even as he goes with his national team. So he won't have as much time individually to work out, but he still can use that time to get better. And plus, he, and we just had him on uh, yesterday, and he's talking about how he can get better even with having the national team commitments. And Bogdanovich, you know, Bogdanovich is going to find a way. We saw him develop, at least uh, in the Jazz uniform, taking it to the basket. Okay, one of the things I think he needs to do is find a way to not to get the ball poked away so much. You know, little things. I like that he was able to get in the paint and use his size and strength because that's an advantage for him against other guys. No question. And people close out on him really hard because they fear him as a three-point shooter. You don't want to let him get on a roll. But you're right, that was the downside of him getting into the paint, is it led to a lot of turnovers, which led to a lot of fast breaks. He's, when he turns the ball over, he doesn't throw it out of bounds. No, you it's set like up your defense. It's getting smacked away. Yeah, and, and, and they get a two-on-one or yeah. whatever, right? It just seemed like that happened too much. So I see promise in this ball club being able to get better next year. I think the injuries have to be broken out. I think what happened to Donovan, just that traumatic thing, he should be back, he should be fine. That Now, it could happen to anyone on the floor, so that's always a risk in any given year. I think what's happening with Mike, that just seems chronic, and if you re-sign him, you just have to accept that this is the price you pay for getting the really good games he provides. I I would just think that if if he is back next year, the plan is he doesn't play back-to-backs just from the get-go. You know, they, and that see, I thought that was working in the second half. I was a little surprised when he got hurt again. And maybe if he does it all year, I don't think he plays March and April. <laughs> put, <laughs> put him on a shelf and get him healthy. Because it's apparent that standings don't really matter that much relative to health. If you compare it to health, if you compare it to health, I would absolutely rather have health yeah. than worry about the seed, the matchup, and home court. The health has been, and when we had Trey on earlier this morning, but he's on to talk Ralph Salt Lake and soccer, but he's a huge Nuggets fan, and we asked him about it, and he went right to the health card. 
And the Nuggets can do it, and I think it's legit. The Jazz can do it, and it's legit. The Lakers can do it, and it's legit. The Clipper, the the Warriors have been able to say it for two years. And Kawhi Leonard, knee, maybe it's not that big a deal. They're they're talking about day to day, so he should be fine after an off season. But there's plenty of people who think there's something really wrong in that knee. And if it's the ACL, then the Clippers are going to be the first team we're going to find out is going to be shorthanded next year. And I don't know that financially they can run it back with these guys. So while they seem to be overcoming losing him right now, I think they're going to have some of the pieces of the puzzle taken away in the offseason. Oh, Reggie Jackson hits free agency, yeah. Uh, But I'm not worried about or concerned about other guys unless there's dramatic offseason moves that changes the balance as you know the the clip the uh, how I'm dramatic tra- i mean Durant, I'm, the, tra- I'm talking off the top of my head we're not the, getting durant to the warriors no but the blazers decide hey we're just stuck in the middle i mean they've been a good team but they don't ever go anywhere mm-hmm. and so we're gonna go young so we're gonna take these warriors picks and we're gonna take Wiseman and throw in some other stuff to salary cap it out and i'm just speaking here to just completely and totally hypothetically. So we're going to give you Damian Lillard. And so now I got Damian Lillard, I got Steph Curry, and I got Klay Thompson coming back. You know, so that, that makes them, wow. So I don't, I don't necessarily see that, but because the point I'm making is that these teams, there's, there's several really good teams in the West, and it seems like going forward that – the team that emerges, health is a significant factor. Now, I may be wrong in that. If if the Clippers emerge, you really just have to praise them because they emerge without Kawhi. That's very, very impressive. They withstood. Maybe it's how good can you withstand the major injuries that you have? Maybe that's what it is about. And if the Clippers do that, good on them, man. I, that you have to give them... Give them their due if that's the case. And if the Suns do it, well, we looked at the Suns, and Locke been talking about that down the stretch, that the Suns of all the teams had the best health. Uh, so I, and I imagine Chris Paul will be better uh, in Game 4 or 5, whatever it might be, than he was obviously in his return in Game 3. Yeah, but to the health issues, Booker wearing that mask, how much does that I mean, mess with the shooter? His nose is broken in three spots, they said. Right, and how much does the mask? We've oh, seen different guys. Right, we've <laughs> seen different guys wear the mask, but I don't know if the guys I'm thinking of have ever been as dependent on vision and shooting as he is. I mean, most, that is his game. Most guys who wear masks have issues just with depth perception because of how it affects yeah. your vision. Yeah, I would think it would but be awkward. You look at Rip Hamilton, who played with it for seemingly his entire career after having his nose broken so many times. But he got used to it. He got I mean, used Booker's to it. Booker's wearing it for game two and three. Say, Booker's you, not wearing this long term. If you wear it for three years, yeah. then I assume you've gotten used to it and it's fine. And Booker but, obviously was affected by it. Right. Yeah, and he's going to have to learn to deal with it, and he's, he, I think he will. So I, I still think the Suns are going to emerge. So I would say manage the season next year, and if you don't have the 20 out of 21 wins and blah, 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 and we go crazy over every single game, uh, but maybe back off a little bit on that. Find ways to do whatever you can, and you're at the mercy of fortune to an extent, good or bad. Uh, well, as far as that goes. Well, Locke talked about it. You know, the Clippers are the four seed, 
but they also had a significant number of games where they didn't have their team. So you focus on what is their record and what is the, you know, and then the underlying numbers, all the stuff you can dig into. Do they back up that record when they have their team? And you got to check the quality of the opposition when they have their key guys. Well, they because know. then they know, right. But I mean, guys like you and I can do it. The, the hardcore fan base can do it. And if those numbers back it up, like, hey, they're the, I don't know, three seat, whatever, four, whatever. But when they have their guys look at the win-loss percentage, and then everybody goes into the postseason with more confidence, players included, confidence matters to these guys, and they'll know that storyline. I think most GMs and all the front office officials, and it's now just, you know, they're multiple guys, multiple people now. Yeah, uh, the staffs have gotten huge. Yeah. Like the coaching staffs, the front offices right. are much bigger. And I think they know what they have. You know, they don't come out necessarily and publicly say it, nope. but I think they know what they've got. And so if they need to sit players X, Y, Z, whatever it might be, and nurse that Conley situation, because he's a good player. He's, I, don't, I don't think he's a Hall of Flame player or a great player, and all, but he's really good. And he can really, really help you. And so do whatever you can, as much as you possibly can, to manage those situations because everybody else is doing it the day and it sucks in a sense of well somebody might have come from idaho down here to see me play yeah I, I get that and then it sucks for them but and that <laughs> that same person from idaho if he's doing that or she's doing that that probably means they're a good hardcore fan and so they'll take you winning in the playoffs and and i respect the the old guy's Big time, man. Thurl Bailey for playing 84 games in an 82-game season. And Mark Eaton, repeatedly. We know about the two who got the stuff looking right out here in the window. There's John making that pass right now. I see it every day. (laughs) And, you know, great. They did it. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And their coach, yeah, I I had to take a sick day last week, earlier this week. First time in over 10 years I did it. And I feel like I need to apologize to Jerry. (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to apologize to me because I want to stay healthy and you were sick. So I've trusted your work ethic for a long time. If you text me at 1 a.m. You, you did that you're sick then you're sick. That's so fine. I don't know what what was in the water then and what's the difference now. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. It's crazy Well, because they never talked and whined about it and we'll never know because they won't even now. And it's it's impossible to know. But did they play through stuff? Because that was the way Jerry wanted it, and it became the way they wanted it, too. Let's not put it all on Jerry. It became the way they wanted it. But were they more injured, or were they more fatigued? It and, was expected and is what that, you did. I don't would, know. You know, would they have been better in a playoff series, any one of the number of heartbreaks that people can recount, if they had taken 10 games off in the regular season? Sure, but it wasn't like they were the only team doing it. No, it was a different era. I get that. And to think that for a good chunk of their career, they flew commercial which is even more fatiguing. I mean, the, everybody who flies charter says, oh, my gosh. I mean, you still, it still wears you out, but it doesn't wear you out the way getting up for a 6 a.m. commercial flight does. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. I mean, it's better. It's still bad, but it's better. Yeah, there was no question. I remember one time when I was, uh, you know, uh, dating, I guess you would say, uh, my wife, she uh, flew, they would go to Arkansas for Christmas to visit her grandmother. And so they were coming back. On a, I got, the flight got in to Sky Harbor at 2 a.m. 
And that, those are the days you can walk to the gate, right? Yeah. And so I get to the gate, and I'm standing there, and the Mavericks are there leaving a game that they played Phoenix that night. Yeah. It's like 2 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're just milling around right there in the seating area in the concourse, you know, because that's we what they did. We can get Thurl and Pace on it, and they both told me stories about <laughs> being wired after, like, an overtime game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, it's 1 o'clock, and you're not tired, <laughs> and you know you have to be downstairs at 4.30. Not awake at 4.30. You have to be downstairs at 4.30 to get the bus to the airport at 5 to be on the plane at 6. Yeah, it's yeah, 1 yeah. o'clock and you're wide awake. The adrenaline is just, you know, you played a thrilling game. You're just like, oh, this sucks. Are these guys soft now? I don't know the answer because Mike Conley, before game 5, was it? Or was it, it was a day off leading into game 6, I think it was. He said, obviously... I could play if I could play. And I believe Mike Conley 100%. But what's going on I don't that think these guys don't play as much? I, don't, I think regular and postseason is two different things. When a guy can't play in a regular season, you can have whatever suspicions you want. When a guy can't play in the playoffs, he's hurt. Guys don't miss playoff games. Even the guys who... Sit a lot of games. They, they don't want to sit playoff games. The playoff games are the best. The reputations are on the line. All the players tell you it's the most intense. It's the most fun. It's the most challenging. It's the thing you miss well, you the most when you're you retire. you let your guys down. Yeah. You're a team. You know, we're a team. You and I and Yak. And I appreciate that you just don't take that much vacation. We're a team. we got to be here. That's part of the deal, man. The audience expects it. Yeah. Where are you? And I can remember growing up when the people I watched or listened to when they weren't there, like, what's the deal? And sometimes you get like, well, it's the holidays. They're going to be gone and all that. But sometimes they'd be gone and you're like, why are you gone now? Come on. I'm here to watch you. Let's go. Right. And plus, it's really fun to be here. So it's a great job. And I don't mind miss. I mean, I yeah. don't mind being here. In fact, I enjoy being here. Uh but I don't know what's going on as far as if anybody's got explanations why those guys played 82. And I looked up one year, Oscar Robertson averaged over 48 minutes a game. He averaged over 48 minutes. Okay, but back to the statues. You know, I, I, he had to be out there. He was awesome. He was dominant. The team was not nearly as good without him. But would they have been better in the playoffs if he'd been fresher and not worn down? Well, that's the old Cal Ripken argument. I can remember having this very argument in the Daily New- Breeze newsroom. Should he sit or should he not sit? And, of course, you know, I would wait till whatever they took. In the back of the other side, right? <laughs> no way. You do that? How come I do Whoa, opposite side Why of the am aisle? I not aware of this? You and, go first. I'll go the other way. And, the, and, the, and we're sitting there. We used to just yak at all. All hours of the night about whatever we'd have these ridiculous arguments. You know? People don't know the way it works yeah. in the newsroom, but there's a lot yeah. of hurry up and wait. Yeah, and it was yeah. fun to to do that. We would just sit there and go out to eat, come back, and blah blah blah, just BS the night away. And then at nine o'clock, we'd be in a frenzy to put the paper out. Well, and the guy was talking about, well, his backup, his backup isn't better than him. And I said. To your point, okay, his backup isn't better than him generally. Obviously, he's Cal Ripken. He's a Hall of Famer. But at the same time, if if, if he took a couple of days off, Cal Ripken on that third day would be better than Cal Ripken on those 
first and second days when if he should have been resting or took a blow that he could be better when he came back versus playing every day and not be the Cal Ripken that Cal Ripken can be. So some 220 light-hitting shortstop subs for him for a couple days, and he comes back stronger. And so that makes the team better. No, the player who's backing up Ripken isn't better. I get that. But Ripken can come back better if he had some rest. So we were just going back and forth on that. We'll never know the answer. I don't know the answer to your question, but it's a valid question. When we come back, PK speaks it into existence and then plays the victim. What a good day for him. And he didn't even know it happened. That story next. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Reminding you, the top 60 and 60 is back on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on The Zone Sports Network. Media day, 32 days away. Count it down. College football's coming. I saw the email come out. You, uh... You send it back in? Scotty handles all that. Scotty handles it? Okay. As far as I know. <laughs> Talk to Scotty. Every year. They just send it out for the credentials. There's usually a week or two there to get it in. Yeah, the credentials. And that first year we were down there, Larry the Lakers shows up. <laughs> no credentials. <laughs> just standing there. PK, what's up? <laughs> Introduces <Larry>. himself. <laughs> I think it was me, Scotty, and Ben Bagley at the time, if I remember. Hi, I'm Larry the Laker. We're going back uh, (laughs) 11 years now, so it would have been the first, it was literally the first one for the Utes, and I think that's the three of us went down there to to do it, and there's a guy standing there and waiting, obviously, until we're done with, uh, when we go to break. And then introduces himself. Well, how'd you get in? I just they said I pulled up to the parking lot. Are you here for the Pac-12 media day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Top-notch security there. And this year it's at the W Hotel Hollywood down there, so you could probably just book a room and be like, "Yeah, I'm here for it." <laughs> so, I don't know why anybody would though. And uh, although actually uh, they had it at this uh, Hollywood uh, mall thing for Correct. the last few years, and my wife. She always comes with me, and she would drop me off in the morning so she could have the car. Because especially now, it's a one day deal. It's much longer the single day as opposed to yeah. two days. So she dropped me off at like seven o'clock in the morning. Come back about four to pick me up, and it's upstairs on the top. And she said she got busted a couple of times uh, walking up because she didn't have a credential. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, be careful on that this year. Check the price on those rental cars. Apparently, the rental car companies sold a lot of their cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's extremely Supply outrageous. and demand, and it's like a no, thousand. We'll, well, we'll take care of one of our sponsors. We'll that a kid. All right. Yeah. Because the rental cars now, if you're trying to travel, yikes. No, I've done the uh, Larry H. Miller, the one with the big green tent. Well, you don't fly in and out for it. 
uh, like no, somebody know. else and might. And then Tim you, Daly sent me. A more, you make you, you put a vacation on one end or the other or both and mm-hmm. do the week. And, Plan to do it this year. Yeah. But go ahead with your thing. All right. So uh, yesterday, I don't even know how it came up, but somehow it came up that my Twitter account well, is you, verified you, you and has bragging. a blue check mark. No. You were bragging about I, it. I, I literally don't care. Oh, but, but, you're, but you cared enough to get it done. Yes, because I had someone at work walk over and say, you will do this. You couldn't. No, and then they walk you through will it. Do this. What are they going to do? Fire David James Sniggledorf the it's third worth, if he doesn't not, do it? It's not worth the effort. And someone did try to you do that. You will do this. That's another story. Okay, if everybody said to me, you will do this, you know what I would no. say right back? No one says that. You will do this. Get it was out implied of town. when they asked like the, it was implied when they asked like the third or fourth time. You it will didn't do happen this. Right away. So then it became a big deal. Like right now, like exactly this. And then Yak, what happened when you woke up this morning? We were trying to explain to you how it's verified and oh, it came up because someone was claiming that they'd been hacked. And so Jay this Williams. verification is supposed to be providing another level of security or something. I don't understand it. Jay whatever. Williams from ESPN. Right, it was Jay Williams. That's what brought it up. So Yak, when you woke up this morning, what happened? Yesterday. You were not verified. Yeah, I woke up this morning to an email saying your account has now been verified. So, PK, thank you for speaking it into an existence. He's got the blue check. Right. There's only one of us out of the three who's a nobody, and that's me. Yep. And I intend to stay a nobody. <laughs> I am a nobody, and I will always be a nobody. You're a somebody. I am not. My, like I'm not verified. I don't have no blue check mark. That's just because Scotty hasn't made you do it yet. Well, I... They say on the thing there, put down your email, and I never put down my email anyway, so maybe they've sent me all sorts of, well, that's, they want to. That's but probably I, the first step. I, I, I haven't given them my email. They want my email and phone number. I'm thinking, no, you're not getting my email or phone number. But I'm not verified. I'm a nobody. And I revel. People driving to work, you probably work now, but I'm you. I'm not hoity-toity guy who's verified and has like 25,000 followers. I got like uh, 1,400 and so I'm not verified. I'm nothing. Fact check. 16,000 followers for PK. You're somebody if you're 16,000. That's on a way low end. I'm sure I'm the lowest end of anybody at the station. I think I'm in 19-something. David yeah. James, 19,280. Yeah. Well, you should be verified. You're pushing 20. <laughs> What? <laughs> You're like that announcer with hey, the helium in his voice. 19,000 followers, 19 years. Can yeah. we get to 20 by the I time mean, you get to 20? I've been stuck at 19,000 for rain. Every time I get to 20, they do some purge and, and wipe out 1,500 and I'm back to 18,500. Yeah. Bots? Oh. Yeah, they get rid of the bots or whatever. I don't know why anybody would follow me. Because you're Patrick Kinahan and you're somebody. I'm nobody. I'm not verified. I do not have the blue check. All right. Stop with your whining. I'm, I'm just pointing it out. You guys are blue checked. I ain't. Coming up. Beats me. I don't know. I had something really good for this tease, and now I just choked right here. just blanked. <laughs> you completely chased it out of my mind with the whole blue check mark rant. Uh, rant. You brought it up. I know. No, but you ran. I can't remember when what I was going to talk about. Well, yeah. you know when I lost it is when he went to the helium voice, which that was funny, by the way. That was hilarious. I'm just speaking from the heart, man. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm going to spend the next five minutes thinking really hard about what it was, and we'll see if it comes back to you or not. It's a mystery, people, and the solution may or may not be on the other side of this break. Stay with us.